listening to Keith Price's Curtain Call. Welcome back to yet another episode of Keith Price's Curtain Call, and I'm so excited because, you know, this COVID has slowed everybody down from getting to see things and getting to talk to people and getting to enjoy the theater like I want to. But baby, when it comes back, it comes back fierce. <laughs> I have seen, I have, I've got to say, and I just, just said this to my next guest who's going to be on with us, that one of the interesting things about Broadway this, this particular season I have noticed is that there are a lot of shows with a lot of Black folks on, the, on that stage. There's a lot of Black folks on the stage. There's a lot of Black folks behind the stage. There's a lot of Black folks doing things. And it's like, it's almost as if we went from zero to a hundred <laughs> in the course of a season. And this particular young woman that I have with me today is in one of the newest, well, it's a revival. <clears throat> Let me get that out there first. Of Ntozaki Shange's for colored girls who have considered suicide when the rainbow is enough. Not to be confused with that hot mess that Tyler Perry did as a movie, but I'm not gonna. Yeah, I said it. Yes, Miss Stacy, I did say it. Shush, 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 shush. You don't get involved. You do not get involved. That'll be between me and him. <laughs> However, you as the lady in blue, I was just like, it's all of the colors of the rainbow all sisters of color, all shades of color. Just let me make sure we put that in there. And they are expressing the plight of black women that back in 1975, 76, whenever this first production was done at the same theater, thank you very much, the Booth Theater, that the struggles then are the same as the struggles today. So, I want to start this conversation like getting into it with who's probably going to be my new girlfriend at the end of the show because that's, <laughs> that's generally how our interviews tend to go. <laughs> but this young lady is a LaGuardia High School graduate. She went to the Fame School. Didn't end up like Coco. Thank you very much. She <laughs> <laughs> she went to Syracuse University studying the musical theater where a lot of a lot of names of folks that came out of Syracuse uh, doing musical theater. I want to say, is, did Vanessa Williams go to school there? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was a graduate of the drama department See. as well. And she's right next door to us in uh, POTUS. POTUS. Mm -hmm. Yes. Is that crazy? Oh my God. That's another show that we got to talk about another day. However, what these young women are doing on this stage is far from miraculous, primarily because one, you don't see a show on Broadway with seven black women. Wait, five, six black, five black. Women. Seven, it's seven, seven. of them. Yeah, mm -hmm. seven black women directed and choreographed by a black woman. There's a lot of black women that are doing a whole lot of stuff. I know the musical director is also a woman. It's like, it is- Eight management team is black everything. females. So mm -hmm. it's like, it is one of the few things where you see it all being done this way. And I am so thrilled to have Stacey Sargent, who's here with me today, Lady in Blue from Broadway. And this is her Broadway debut. Now, if you really want to get some scandal before we start talking, you should go and check her out <laughs> at stacysargent.com. 
and go look at her reel so you can see how this sister has been making her way through the world of, of acting and having a wonderful time. So first of all, thank you for spending some time with me, Stacey. How are you doing, baby? I am well. Thank you so much for having me. Now, <laughs> let's, let's just get it started. This is your Broadway debut, mm-hmm. which means that you've been doing some off-Broadway. You've been, you know, doing the hustle, like they say, the kids are saying. Yes. And how did you end up getting into this, this show? How did you, who uh, found you? So Camille, uh, I was, um, let me see. I'm, casting reached out to my manager okay. in uh, 2021 in the summer when they were doing a reading and workshop uh, for Color Girls, but I wasn't available at the time. And I was, very disappointed because actually the first, my introduction into acting, so I went to LaGuardia High School, mm-hmm. which you mentioned, but I was a voice major okay. and in, I was in the AP English class and they had a um, concentration in drama. And I was like, well, I don't know anything about acting because I also was attending Dance Theater of Harlem at the same time. Oh, wow. So, in my AP English class, I was given the Toussaint monologue from For Colored Girls to present to class. And that Ooh. that was literally the first, my foray into acting. And I then started hanging out with a lot of drama majors and I was, I was bit by the bug. Okay, okay. <laughs> and then I decided to audition for musical theater programs in colleges. And that's how I ended up at Syracuse University because I, I had no acting training, but I had dance training and voice training. Wow, so, okay. Um, so anyway, fast forward um, to 2021, they reached out. I wasn't available then, but then uh, Camille was like, you know, no worries. They they ended up calling me into the final callbacks because the uh, role obviously lady in blue mm-hmm. um she dances a lot yes, <laughs> i mean we does. all dance a lot but then i have that one the first poem that i do the love you more than um poem so and i hadn't danced in i would say a little over 10 years i hadn't really done um a musical that required me to dance the, in this way mm-hmm. so i went in and did what I do, <laughs> was able to pull it out of my back pocket. <laughs> <laughs> I can only imagine. Yeah, you... no, I've been doing more television and film lately. Mm-hmm. And so I, I just was not conditioned. Um, but prior to going into the audition, I started doing ballet bars at home. Mm-hmm. Um, but honestly, nothing can prepare you for Camille A. Brown's choreography. <laughs> <laughs> she, let me tell you something. I remember seeing Choir Boy. That was my first introduction mm-hmm. to her, her choreography. And then Once on this Island. Okay. And I, I, I remember I, I had a chance to interview her. I think it was right around the time for Once on this Island. And I said to her, it's like, you have no qualms about putting in what I perceive as movement that tends to be, how do I want to say, that lends itself more for Black folks. Like there's a lot of African dancing. There's a lot of it. And she's very precise about that. 
Yeah, she has always been that way. So I know, so Camille, Camille also went to LaGuardia High School. That's and right. I, I have a cousin who went there and Camille ended up choreographing on my cousin in her senior year. And that was the first time I had seen her choreography. Wow. And I was blown away. Um, so to see her now directing, and this is the perfect piece for her as it's a choreographer. Yeah. Um, I'm so proud of her. And just delighted to bring her vision to life, you know, because she's really taken this piece, I would say, by the horns and made it her own. You know, and for me, what I loved is, is that I, when I was in college back in the, <clears throat> those years, <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> uh, <laughs> I, I remember reading parts of uh, For Color Girls because I took a dramatic interpretation of literature and what our teacher did was she just made it all about black theater so she was just like we ain't even perpetrate this is what we gonna do in my class and so so that was one of the pieces that we read and I just remember when I was reading it I was just trying to think how does something like this get staged how does something like this mm -hmm. how does something like this run in a Broadway setting how does this work and I gotta tell you Y'all are turning that stuff out, honey. <laughs> that well, that you know, show you is amazing. Thank you. You mentioned, you know, that the plight of Black women, but one of the things that um, Camille really wanted to focus on was also the joy. That's it. And I really feel like she, she accomplished that uh, because the it, it really comes out, I think, in the movement, but also just in the communion of us on stage and the, yeah. the the women that she has brought together, like we truly adore and respect each other and what everybody Ugh. is bringing to this piece because we're all so unique. Yeah, you know? that's the beautiful part about it. And like in different stages of career development, different stages of life, yeah. you're, and it's all part of what I think is the tapestry that makes that show work. So how much joy are you having showing up and signing your name at that stage door? <laughs> oh my signing God. in, baby. You know, it's, it's a huge responsibility um, telling this story. And I, I, when I walk into that theater every night, I think about my mother, I think about my grandmother, my aunties, mm -hmm. and I think about the little black girls like myself, you know, because my, my journey here was not easy. Um, I started dancing when I was three. I was put, my parents put me in ballet classes when I was three. Wow. And okay. I um, came up a lot uh, against a lot of obstacles because I wasn't sinewy. We didn't have the classical ballet body. Classic ballet body. Exactly. Mm. And um, so it was very difficult. Most of my teachers encouraged me to focus on my academics. And, but I, there was something in me. I just, I knew what I wanted mm -hmm. at a very early age. And uh, I was very determined, but it also, um, was the catalyst for me having a lot of self-esteem and body image issues. Right. Uh, so the fact that Camille cast me in this show, in this particular role, and that it's the show that I'm making my Broadway debut in, 
I I remember that and I um I don't take it lightly mm. because I know that there's so much messaging out there to to women and girls who look like me um, that teach us that we're not worthy. And I think that's that is what this show is about. It, you know, the last line is I found God in myself and I loved her fiercely. And and that has been my personal journey in my life because there was a point where I wasn't loving myself fiercely Mm -hmm. because I didn't think I was deserving of that. So um, it's, it is, it's a huge responsibility when I sign in every day on that call board. I don't take it lightly. That's amazing. I love that. Hold on, just, excuse me, but you, Along with those those six other women, y'all are telling so many varied stories. You're sharing so many variable emotions. You know, you do, you go for, there's the pain and then you go to the joy, then you go to the laughter and you go, and then even there's, there was a review that I read about one of the scenes, one of the poems, and it was the, my stuff, took mm-hmm. my stuff. And the, the reviewer was like, well, it's a much more serious approach and I wish that they had been more serious about that because I sat in that audience and I did not miss the pain of what was being put out in that speech mm-hmm. but I also loved the laughter that it also created because I am a comedian and so for me I saw exactly what that moment was supposed to be which was mm-hmm. yes I am on the other side of this now and I'm laughing about it but when I was in the middle of it, that stuff was not cute. And, and, and it was like a testament to surviving that whole experience. And, and it's like in almost every poem that has like a sad, tragic moment, there's that, except for that lady in red number, but for everybody else's, you know, there's, there's the pain and joy, pain and joy, you know, this is what happened, but this is where we are now. And that's life, right? life. Life. I mean, we, we wouldn't be here if, we didn't have the joy, yeah. you know? Because the pain um, would have taken a lot of us out. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So it's, 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 it's necessary, you know? And I'm so glad that this production highlights the joy yeah. um, as well. Well, what else is bringing you joy right now? I mean, you're on Broadway, so that's, woo, you know, let's take that for the moment. But <laughs> what else is happening now in your life because of this experience? Um, well, I don't know. I honestly don't know if it's because of this experience, because I've, I've always been somebody that's very focused and have a lot of things going on okay. um, at the same time. So this time. is just one of many. So this is, <laughs> yes. So, so busy. <laughs> no, so prior to the pandemic, I um, was working on a solo show. Uh-huh. Uh, called But What Trouble Is This? So it's, it's autobiographical um, based on my experience coming up as a first generation uh, right. daughter of Trinidadian immigrants in East New York, Brooklyn, trying to find success in this industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so once the pandemic happens, you know, theater was at a screeching halt. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I, I had always intended to adapt it into a television series. So I started writing that TV pilot in the pandemic. Um, so that's one thing that, that is, there's some irons in the fire with that, but mm. also, uh, now that theater is back up and running, I will be doing, um, uh, the public is producing a 29 hour reading of that in the summer. So I'm really excited about that. That's going to be directed by Steve Broadnax, the third who directed Thoughts of a Colored Man Mm -hmm. uh, this season as well on Broadway. So that's very exciting. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, I think it's great. So, all right. So now, all right. So you're first generation American Mm -hmm. in East New York. I'm first generation American. I was born in Brooklyn, but moved to Texas. So, oh, okay. what part of Brooklyn? Uh, East New York. <laughs> Wait, you were born on, in I, East New York too? I was, I was born in East New York. Yep. Yes. I crazy. That is insane. Crazy. Right off of Bushwick and Cooper was where I used to live. Okay. I, and I it's was like a junior high school in Bushwick. See? Oh my yeah. God. See? So and and you know and I remember. Now I'm I'm a, a considerably older than you are. Um, seasoned, I should say. Um, and I remember having to have discussions with my parents about the the practicality of wanting to have a career <laughs> that was not medicine or law. Because I was pre-med when I was in college, but you know, that changed very quickly as time went on. Um, so what was the conversation that you had with your parents when you finally said, listen, this is what I'm gonna do? Because I know it was not an easy one. <laughs> well, it's interesting because, like I mentioned, they're the ones who put me in, in ballet, ballet right. right? I don't know that they thought I was going to take it as seriously as I did, though I will say that my mom in the pandemic found a copy of a letter that my dad wrote when I was like two and a half years old. Um, <laughs> I don't know if it was to like an agency or what, but it was like about getting his daughter in the film business. (laughs) But it'll work. (laughs) My dad always said like the reason they put me in ballet was that they they just saw something in me. I had like, you know, just that energy, that energy. And they wanted to, you know, just, they didn't want me to have too much idle time. Also, that was another thing. Because because um, uh, I'm assured that there's a little religious background and idle hands make a, is perfect for the devil's workshop, right? Listen, yes. So, um, so I was in ballet from three years old. And then being in that environment, I knew about LaGuardia High School because I was in the... So I started training at a studio in Carnegie Hall. And there were, I was in my, in my class, there were older students in my class that I was training with. And some of them were students at LaGuardia. So I just knew, I was like, oh, that's where I'm going to go. And then also I started um, studying classical piano at, while I was training in ballet at Carnegie Hall. So I decided when it was time to audition for high school, I was going to, I was like, I don't care what my major is. 
I'm going to high school to perform an art. So I auditioned for dance. I auditioned for piano. And I used to sing in the shower. And I auditioned for voice. And my dad, he bet me $1,000 that I wouldn't get in for voice. Uh-huh. $500 that I wouldn't get in for piano. And I said, well, how much are you going to bet me if I get in for dance? He was like, well, you think I stupid? <laughs> he didn't bet me anything for dance. <laughs> Turns out I didn't get in for dance, but I got in for piano and I got in for voice. So I chose voice because I had absolutely no training mm-hmm. in that, but I was, you know, taking classes, uh, piano classes outside of, of school. So um, now at LaGuardia, I was still focused on dance. And then I, I ended up um, changing dance schools and going to Dance Theater of Harlem. Mm-hmm. So now while I'm at DTH, I'm still running into the same obstacles with my body. And it was actually worse, the, the abuse that I was wow. on the end of. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Um, but I didn't know it at the time. Which is sometimes the biggest it's blessing. Part of the, it's, it's part of the culture, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but then in my junior year, like I mentioned, is when I started my, my I was like, oh, this acting thing might be the way. This is kind of um, fun. <laughs> yeah. So unbeknownst to me, when I, when I decided to audition for musical theater programs, my dad was having conversations with my mom because he was concerned about Mm -hmm. me studying this like seriously. And my mom's response to him was, listen, if she gets in, then she must have something. Right. right? So leave the girl alone. (laughs) (laughs) But also I have to say this, my mom, when I was in her womb, she told me that she used to rub her belly and pray that the Lord would make this one a star. That was my mom's oh, prayer. That was her oh. actual prayer. So you're going to She must be cry. falling out knowing you <laughs> on Broadway. Every time she t- turns on the TV and there's a little slip of you in that hijab or something like that, that's my daughter. Yes. Yes, my prayers are getting yes, answered. She's, oh. She's delighted. Um, so you know, I ended up going to Syracuse. And then when I got out of school, the um, the year I graduated, Syracuse Stage, which is attached to the drama department at Syracuse mm-hmm. University, they produced a show off Broadway. So I ended up, that's how I ended up joining Equity. And wow. um, so that, but then that show closed and then I was collecting unemployment and doing that whole thing. Mm-hmm. And my dad, um, he just didn't get it. (laughs) And he's like, well, I mean, for years after I became a professional actress, he was like, I'll pay for law school. (laughs) He just, he, you know, he, he just wanted my financial security and I get it. Yeah. Cause it's not, this is trust, honey. This is, Yes, on every level it's not great you know not easy it's not easy at all but I like both of my parents I'm very determined and when Mm -hmm. I put my mind to something that's just what is going to be (laughs) and that's that's how Um, it needs to be 
Yeah. And it wasn't until honestly, it wasn't until I did a reading of my solo show that uh, my parents came to that my dad was finally like, you just need, you just need one person who believes in this. He's like, he, he saw it and he saw how you can take your story and, and, um, you know, my take the lemons of my life and turn it into lemonade, but also ha- have an effect on other people. Right. Right. And so he saw, I think, for the first time, the power of theater. And um, he's no longer with us. Bless his oh, heart. I'm sorry um, to hear that. Yeah, yeah. But I have to tell you this story. So back in 2008, there was supposed to be a revival of For Color Girls. I think mm-hmm. Taraji was supposed to yeah. sing it or something. And I had the book at home on my coffee table. And I was at this particular point, I was about to go on tour with Legally Blonde. And my parents came to pick me up at mm-hmm. my apartment to take me. We were leaving from the Palace Theater. Oh. And we're in the car, we're sitting in front of the Palace Theater. And my dad gets real serious. And he's like, he goes under his shirt and pulls out this book and he slams it down like between him and my mom in the front seat. And he's like, what is the meaning of this? <laughs> and I was like, what, what do you, t- the, the play for colored girls? Suicide. What is the meaning of this? <laughs> he thought he thought it was an instruction manual, mm-hmm. and he was like, "I'm not letting my girl go on this on this bus." I'm telling these people <laughs> to commit suicide, <laughs> and me not intervene. That's yeah, beautiful. That's, that's beautiful. Oh. Yeah. Again, so and again to be making my Broadway debut in this show, I'm like, "Ah, you up there doing something, something. and I hope you're having a good kiki, as you say. Yes, yes. The fact that I'm making my debut in this show as the professional actress that you are. Boom. Hello. (laughs) Isn't that amazing? I just love it. So again, you are on Broadway now. You have experienced television. You're working in films. You've you've gotten to really get your foot in every genre that this this medium allows us to have as theater. It's like, what are you... I I hate to ask people like what their favorite is because it's sort of like, it's because it's work. So whatever whatever you work in, I'm I'm always happy. You know what I'm saying? Like when you get the opportunity, where does your heart, like if you have the choices to make between projects that you really like, which, where do you want your heart to follow? Which, what, what path does your heart tend to follow? Oh, wow. I mean, that's such a difficult question. I, I, for me right now, television and film, I think is, because I didn't start out in television and film, I I am enjoying the challenge of it and the challenge of um, becoming better, a better television and film actress, because it's, it's, 
it's a different, they're different techniques. Right. And I feel like I'm now, the more experience I have in on camera, I am, I'm understanding the technique of it better. Mm -hmm. And so I feel more challenged by it. Um, and it's not to say that theater isn't challenging because certainly what I'm doing <laughs> eight times a week is challenging, yes, but it it's is. in a different way. It's, 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 it's physically challenging, um, you know, and it's, it's taxing on the body and you have to um, care for yourself in a different way, I feel, than you have to care for yourself when you're doing uh, on-camera work. Um, also, you know, with on-camera work, you, you get a lot more coins. Hell, But when money is not the objective, yes, then what, what really gets you excited? Side, you know, as you're saying, television well, now because it all gets me excited because as long as the storytelling is good, okay. you know what I mean? Yes, and there's things, there's certain things that I think live better in the theater than, than on camera, yeah. you know what I mean? It just depends on how the story is being told. I'm like, as long as it's quality work, quality writing. I'm here for it. All right, because yeah. you're you're in the triple threat domain, so you're ready for the next well, movie musical now. Because I'm writing. Oh, that's right. Because you do write. Yes. So yeah. so you could be writing your next movie musical. <laughs> yes. Yes. yes, I am. <laughs> Boom. All right. I love that. Oh my God, Stacy. So I don't want to keep you for too much longer because we got a couple more minutes left. But um, yeah. what I'd love to know now is. Now that you have you've, you've got a, a firm planting right now with this show for colored girls who've considered the rainbows enough, just for those people who did not know, just in case it shows, I hope it comes out the right way when we well, see the film. Yes, please. I'm so glad you're doing this because we need we need we need people to come out and support. Yeah. This because show. because this is a show that stereotypically would not be on the list of people that are coming to New York. You know, I, I want to see a show. I want to see a show. They want to come and see like the Music Man or Lion King uh, yes, or all those things. Are, yeah, I'm going to keep it very real. We are, we have been playing to half-filled houses. Okay, well then that needs so, to change right now. Yeah, <laughs> we need so, people to come out. So for those of you who are within the range of my voice and you can hear me talking, this is an absolutely fantastic production that you better put on your list to see when you come to New York City. And if you are living in New York City, don't don't pretend that you can't get TKTS or TDF or uh, Today Ticks or somebody and come see the show because you, you need to round out your full theatrical experience. And I think that this is one of those shows that will challenge the average theater goer Mm -hmm. which, you know, not that they need to be challenged, challenged, but this is certainly going to take them into place because I'm, I'm working at, um, I'm an usher at another theater that's got another show that's going on. Mm -hmm. And quite honestly, it's a kind of a depressing show. <laughs> it's really depressing. Yeah. <laughs> but but, our show, despite the title, our show is right. not. But depressing. it's not that way. It is uplifting. And it very is, joyous. Uh, healing. 
It is, there's so much laughter mm -hmm. um, and communion with the audience. It's, don't, do not let the title of this play fool you. No, because you will really cheat yourself and rob yourself of some fantastic performances that include Miss Stacy Sargent um, and this brilliant direction and choreography by Camille Brown, who y'all already know, if y'all listen to me, you know, I already love her. So this, that's, like, I probably was gonna love it anyway, just cause it was her, but I'm glad that I don't have to pretend that I'm loving it because it's her, cause the show is, this is a dynamic show and it is a very powerful show. And I feel like, you know, this is a time, especially for folks of color, this is a time for you to come and see yourselves represented on this great white way in different ways that you may never even imagine because we there's there's so much happening on, which is another thing too, is because there's so many shows on Broadway right now mm -hmm. that have lots of folks of color in leads and stuff like that. It may make your choices difficult, but if you got it, come and see it because you will be rewarded for it. It will be truly an emotional reward. And it's a 90 minute in and out baby. So you can make it back to wherever you came from like that. So, yes. you know, when you can pack and power in 90 minutes then it's always worth it to come and see and share. So Miss Sargent, thank you so much for spending time with me. This thank is fantastic. You and I just, just, you know when you get backstage tell Kanita Miller uh, I'm looking for her and we need to make this happen soon before she had a baby. And, <laughs> and for all of you guys that are, are, are the theater fans, you know, I tell you to go see live theater wherever you can see it. But if you're coming to New York, please, please, please put for colored girls who have considered suicide and do not watch that movie with Tyler Perry. I'm gonna say it again. I'm just gonna say it. You just bookended. <laughs> I just, because I need to say that. <laughs> I need to let people know. So don't come looking for that. Come looking for what's really happening, the true words and the true meaning. All right. So we- Thank you so much. <laughs> you're so welcome. <laughs> and we are going to be back.